And hey guys, good morning and welcome back to an episode of Folders and Backwards, the mid-morning solo cipher. It's your girl, yours truly, Ruby Red. Wishing everyone a wonderful Wednesday. I hope everyone is in good spirits. I hope everyone is in good physical um, emotion, physical, what would be the word? Tolerance? I don't know. I'm still in pain, guys, so I'm trying to wish that you guys are well, physically well. That's how I should have just said it. I'm wishing all of you guys physical wellness, mental wellness, emotional wellness, stability, comfort, all that good shit. Um, I'm in great spirits, though. I'm, I'm so grateful for that. If you guys didn't catch the episode, um, mostly, if you did, it's not your fault. One, I recorded it and then didn't post it for two days. And then when you hear it, it's going to say Tuesday. I deadass recorded that on Monday. Like, Side effect of being in pain, guys, is a little delirious. Deliria comes with that. You can't focus. You know what I'm saying? You fucking hurting. But uh, if you did, if you run across the episode, fuck it. Just stay on track. You'll see that I am experiencing for the first time in my life a duality. And I am in just like really good spirits, even though physically I'm in so much pain. I am consciously and effortlessly, it seems, keeping the two separate and I'm just experiencing them both simultaneously and just waiting for the pain part to be over so I can just stay in the happiness and the bliss, right? That's all I want for me and that's all I want for all of us. Oh, Ashe. Well, to jump into topic, guys, today I want to talk about family. I want to talk about bloodlines. I want to talk about the connection that binds family, genetics, right? This is a physical existence. And as a spiritual life coach, I'm always talking about spirituality and, you know, things that have to do with spirituality. I want to start focusing a lot more on the physical, tangible aspects because I'm realizing, especially for those who are new to the journey, it's a lot easier for people to grasp some of the far out concepts and realizations that I personally have experienced mm. by making, you know, physical connections. So today's topic I want to choose is, or oh, I decided to talk about <clears throat> that I have chose <clears throat> is family. Um, for me personally, family is everything. And I don't mean my immediate family as in my partner and my children, I do mean them, but I mean family, period. I love, I've always loved family. I didn't even have to know you. I remember, damn, I probably was about seven or eight when my mom's cousin died. I've never met this man a day before in my life. Um, the only reason I was brought to the service was because I don't think there was no one to watch me, honestly. My brothers were older. I didn't have my little sister yet. Oh, wow. So I was actually, so I don't think I was 10. I had to be younger than that because my little, I was six when my little sister was born. Fuck, how old was I when my cousin died? See how memories work? I was young. I was really young. And it's crazy because the memory is so vivid. I'm going to have to ask my moms about this. Sorry, guys. Reality is real. And the thought, you know, I'm talking to you guys and the thought is coming. I didn't realize that. But anyway, the first funeral that I can remember going, so I guess I don't remember how old I was. In my mind, I was a lot older. 
But when I think about it, my little sister wasn't born yet. So I actually had to be rather young. But it was my mom's cousin. And again, I had never met him. And I remember being like briefed by my mom, like, just sit, don't, you know, I was always a melodramatic child. My mom was like, you know, just sit and be quiet. Don't talk to so many people and ask so many questions. I was always a very heavily inquisitive child and no filter has ever really, you know, been applied to these lips. So, and, oh God, hindsight is twenty twenty, guys. Ah, and I've always been extremely spiritual. I wonder, yeah, I have to talk to my mom later on. So I wonder if all that has to do with why she told me just sit the fuck down and don't say nothing to nobody because I probably... Thinking it, thinking back, knowing me as well as I know me now, I probably would have really creeped people out with the questions that I would have asked if I was allowed to just ask questions. But I wasn't. So I did as I was told. And I sat and I just pretty much was quiet. And when it was time to view the body, I remember I was looking at him and thinking to myself, like, he was beautiful. Like, not just physically handsome, which he actually was, but just the calmness and stillness and the peaceness. It was just really beautiful. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I want to give him something. And I had this little ring on my finger and it was a quarter ring out of the little, um, in New York in front of the supermarket, these little like um, mini vending machines. You just put like a little quarter or 50 cents in them and you get a little trinket, little toy. Mine's was a gold ring, a little fake ring, obviously. And I remember taking the ring off and putting it on his finger and I remember it wasn't my mom, it was somebody. And they was like, oh, that was just so nice. That was just so nice. Like, oh, you really loved your cousin. And I don't think at that age I was able to truly process what was happening. And I don't honestly recall ever feeling like I loved him. I just wanted to leave something with him. I knew I was never gonna see him again. Like I understood all that. and. I wanted to be connected to him, especially in death, because I didn't have no connection to him in my life. Again, hindsight is twenty twenty, and when I think back on it, I guess I did love him. I didn't know him, but the way I am with family, I do. Once I find out that you're family, I have a form of admiration and affection towards you. I can't help it. I don't know if that's just me, or if everyone is like that, I know most people probably, well, not, I can say most people, but I know everyone is not like that because um, a lot of people don't fuck with family. And we're going to talk about that too. Partner sound of the keys, guys. The weed is coming out of the blunt. I got to stick it in. Stick it in, stick it in. Oh, it was plug it in, right? That's how the commercial went. Plug it in, plug it in. I love music. It's so magical. But um, I'm going to keep going, guys. Yeah. So for me, I've, I just associate family with love. I come from a very loving family. I am the smack middle of my mother's children. She has two boys above me and one girl, one boy under me. And I'm dead smack in the middle. Number three, right? Three out of five. Um, we've always been, we've always been tight. We've always been tight. Or we've always had a lot of love in my house. Um, we weren't allowed to harbor negative feelings about each other. And what I mean about that is 
my mom's was very intimate on, I guess it's diplomacy. We had family meetings and we had assignments, like chores and things that were expected of us. And now that I think about it, a lot of the things that my mom did was purposely team building. We played board games, we had game night, you know what I mean? Like I said, we weren't allowed to have bad feelings. Once a week, we sat down and discussed everything. This is why I, I, I it's funny, because as an adult, I can't have a problem and not address it. I'm not confrontational at all, but I do have this desire to get shit off my chest when it's on it. And I believe my mom's instilled that in me through the family meetings. We were bred to be close-knit. And fast forward about 25 years, it's not the same. For me, it's not too drastic of a difference, but the overall, it's not the same. I see a lot of the work that my mom's put in unraveling and falling apart. My siblings are not as united as we once were, though I think the love is exactly the same. I think the closeness and the connection has dissipated. And it's weird for me because Again, we're, we weren't bred like this. If you were to even look up a generation, my mom is the oldest of seven. She, from what I understand, was close with her brothers over the fact of guardianship. She was the oldest babysitting, having responsibility. You know, that's a whole different generation. My mom was born in the 50s, you know? So... I could only imagine the difference. Like there was no electronics to keep kids separate. Like when you had to watch your siblings, you really had to watch your fucking siblings. You had to interact with them. You had to fucking engage them. You know what I mean? It was no just, oh, they in the room watching TV. Shit, I never asked my mom, but I think in that around that time, it was common for most households to have only one or two TVs. So, you know, shared space was common in her generation. Even when you look at my dad, he is, the oldest, I think my dad is the oldest too. Shit, when I think about it, yeah, because he was supposed to have been a junior. My grandmother had an infatuation with a singer and named my dad after the singer. So my uncle was actually a junior. <laughs> but my dad is the oldest of one, two, three, I think it's the oldest of six. So they both come from big families, and my father's family is extremely close. Like to this day, the siblings spend, I think they're actually all together right now. Literally, like they, they, they're, they're beautiful. Shout out to both sides of my family. But if any of my father family is listening, you know, the Jeffersons fucking rock. Like, I love you guys. I absolutely adore how close you are and how y'all go out y'all way. Cause they all are scattered throughout the entire States. Like, and they go out their way at least three times a year from what I see to spend time with each other. And that's just so fucking beautiful. That's why they're so close. Family is supposed to be close. That's how I, that's my perspective, because that's how, you know, my foundation was built. It was built on love. It was built on 
gratitude, being grateful for one another were my first friends, were my brothers. I prayed, like literally prayed for what felt like forever, but my sister was born when I was six, so it had to be about five years or so. But I prayed for her, like literally. My children, I prayed for them. I got pregnant with my son at 15. I still remember the day I got pregnant with my, I'm not got pregnant with him, the day I found that I was pregnant. I didn't expect to be pregnant. I didn't think I was pregnant or anything. And, and the minute the doctor said it, I was just like instantly in love. My daughter, my rainbow after so many storms, you know, I didn't think she was going to be born. The whole pregnancy was fearful. And when I heard her cry and I knew that she made it, all my guards was down. Like love and family just goes together for me. And I think that the bonds that we share genetically, if it's ever properly understood and analyzed, studied, and you know, explained, it definitely has to have some kind of spiritual tie. I believe that. Because certain family members, certain bonds between genetic family is just so tight that like you you can't tell me that it didn't exist before this physical existence like me and my brother right above me my twin born on another day I was a joke we're born actually in different years he's two he's almost two years older than me but that's how close we are we've always felt like we were together before we got on this planet and as spiritual as I am, he is without the realization of it. As a kid, we both had fascinations with the stars. He was always very animate that he existed off of this planet. And to this day, he's still animate about it. He's just grown and don't discuss it as much with people because, you know, you'll get looked at as fucking retarded or crazy or delusional. So, you know, but... He has a connection to spirit that is very entwined with my own, in a sense. And I think that's more than just genetics. It has to be. I analyze, because I'm an observer, and I've been consciously and purposely, I'm going to start speaking a little bit louder. They're stripping my holes, and I guess they only break because they're mad loud now, chilling to sound like. I hope they have a good time, but I don't want them to interfere. Hopefully, though, they finish their job. They're doing a good job, so it's fine. Nothing on them. But um, where's my back with that? I need to be rolling up while we're talking. But yeah, um, as I observe most families and compare, this is um, before I started removing labels of good, bad, right, wrong, shit like that. I used to observe families in have a bit of confusion on why they were so what I labeled as dysfunctional. So many fights and arguments and they would lie to each other and steal. And that's just like shit that didn't go on in Linda House. So I didn't really truly process it, understand it. You know, it was just always saddening is the right word. I always felt sad. I had a lot of friends who actually envied my family 
my mom has so many kids that she didn't give birth to because her motherly love is just so influential and she's so giving of it. It's not like she's a stingy mom, but I got five kids. I don't got time for nobody else's. Nah, my mom's always dead ass found time, love, and when necessary funds to help out any child that she fucking could. Word, she's the GOAT. I don't know if I told y'all that lately, but she is. Anyway, um, so getting back to present, I'm not going to lie, guys. They're distracting me. This is going to end up having to get wrapped up quicker than I expected. I wanted this to be a good conversation, but they are the blowing mind. Anyway, like I said, observing younger it was, I, I was, it was a lot of confusion around the dysfunctions of families. And now that I'm older, the confusion is gone, but the sadness still lingers. And I want to talk today and I want to inspire the thought and amplify the vibration of love and family for those who don't have it. And there are a million reasons why family isn't as close as they, you know, would like to be. One more time. Sorry, I'm some weed. Okay, that's it for the background. For at least for my background noise, I can't help the hallway. But um, yeah, I've, as like I said, I, I try to observe. And now being unbiased, I try not to observe things as good or bad, just as what they are. And it seems like a lot of the dysfunction that exists in the homes between genetic families, it's influential, guys. That's the only way I can really truly explain it. It's influential and it's uh, a form of ignorance in the term of not knowing. I know ignorance is, you know, a strong word and it's often associated with bad, but it technically just means to not know. And when you don't know what a family dynamic is, when you don't know the value of family, when you don't know the importance of family, it becomes natural and easy to not, to not identify these bonds as more than just genetic links. Because people say it all the time. I hear people say, oh, oh, blood is, um, is, you know, family is what you make it. <clears throat> family ain't everything. Blood ain't always thicker than water. That's the one I was trying to get out. I couldn't get it out. Blood ain't always thicker than water. And I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, guys. I don't get it because my thing is this. Me and, let's say, my son, we could fall out today and never speak to each other again and in 10,000 years in 20,000 years in 100,000 years when archaeologists of that time whatever the species is that you know is dominating and exploring when they find my bone somewhere and then they find his bone somewhere it don't matter if they're 50 million miles away from each other guess what they're going to be able to tell we were related, point blank, bottom line. Genetics binds us through time. 
it not only bonds us guys, it allows us to help each other. Like nine times out of 10, the first person who can give you an organ, blood, plasma, marrow, um, a organ is going to be a family member. And I'm not saying that, oh, this is why we need to be, you know, acquainted and comfortable and I guess establish a happy, respectful relationship with family. But shit, it's one of the many fucking reasons. Like, dead ass. Family is important, guys. And I don't think <clears throat> we value it the way we should. I know we don't because I see so much dysfunction between families. And I guess before I could move on to trying to mend, I think I got to try to highlight a little bit more and explain what I mean by <clears throat> ignorance and influence. So I'm going to finish rolling up this blunt and we're going to talk about it. Influence and ignorance as a major part of the lack of family connection from my perspective. Um, human beings are just fucking evolved stages of animals. And, you know, if science calls it our closest relative, and personally I agree, primates. There's this whole thing with monkey see, monkey do. And it's because primates do. They have this ability to learn from each other. And it's funny because humans don't realize it, but that's all the fuck we do. We learn from each other. We are taught how to walk. We're taught how to talk. We're taught how to sit, how to hold a pencil, how to write our names. We're taught what our name is. Our whole life is a series of monkey see, monkey do. We're influenced constantly by television, by media, by society, by each other's, by community. And I'm always warning you guys about the subconscious programming that we absorb. And realistically, when it comes to our family ties, a lot of our subconscious program, a lot of the things, excuse me, that we absorb subconsciously plays a role in our inability to establish strong family ties. Mm. Most, I guess, recent for time span, television. How does te television influence the fuck out of us subconsciously? Most movies that um, are, what do they call the black genre, you know, black movies, there is no strong, there, there's never a strong father figure in the movie. There's always a drunk father, there's always an abusive father, or there's no father. It's always a strong woman, a tired woman, a woman with two jobs, working, you know what I mean? Struggling to provide for her kids. 
I mean, even being little, that's how movies were fucking portrayed. Now, shout out to all the black writers and producers and uh, shout out to Tyler Perry Studios. You know what I'm saying? So now the black perspective on family can actually be written by us so we can show the truth behind it that there's always love. There's always supposed to be love. Fuck. I don't, you know what I mean? Stay on track. But yeah, before that, the way it was always portrayed means that the only strong, and I don't, and you know, from my own, what I could remember, the only strong male fucking father figure black people had, the only two, was um, Bill Cosby and the guy who played Carl Winslow. Oh, and Uncle Phil. But even that, that's more of my preteen and teenager years. That's not my little kid age. And those are TV shows. Thank God it was TV shows because that meant we got to see them more regularly than we got to see movies. But in movies, think about it. Even to the day, most movies, the black man is painted horrible if he's even painted in the picture at all. And the subconscious program of that is that, you know, it's regular that it, it pro sorry, I know that didn't make no sense. That programs us subconsciously to believe that that's regular. Women, I am speaking from personal experience as well as shared experiences that a lot of my sisters, not biological, my sisters through spirits and through love, not spirits like ghosts. No, my sisters in spirit, my homies, my niggas, my bitches, right? BFS, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I talk to them. And realistically, a lot of us made the choice to not fight for relationships, not because the relationships weren't worth saving. Truth be told, a lot of them weren't worth saving in terms of with our kid's father. But because we were already conditioned to think and to believe that these niggas weren't going to stick around anyway. You know? So it's sad. A lot of and again, to each his own. Me personally, you know, both times other things played a role and it wasn't going to work out. But in a lot of people's relationships, the mother-father dynamic is separated because of expectancy. It's what you see. All your friends, they men ain't shit. You know what I mean? Your pops is not shit. Your brothers ain't shit. They treat their baby moms like shit. So you just expect a nigga to just not be shit in the first time. Anything goes wrong and you're not happy. It's all right. Abandon shit. Fuck this. I'm, I got this. I can do this anyway. That's just the female perspective. For the men, a lot of the times... And I'm blessed to have an entourage of brothers, brothers in spirit, biological brothers, got two older, one younger, all of them got kids. I have stepbrothers. And I see a lot of the times when I'm talking to dudes, a lot of the reason, the reason that a lot of them state that they're not in their kid's life boils down to fuck it. 
I'm not going to be arguing with this bitch. I'm not going to be dealing with this bitch. Oh, I'm not going to be fighting with her man. Oh, I'm not going to be made uncomfortable going over there having to see this nigga. Oh, she moved mad far. I'm not going to be traveling. And da, 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 da. Like, and it all just boils down to the whole, it's easier to not be a father than to be a father. And in all honesty, it's a lot harder to not be a father or to not and again, switch back to the female perspective, it's a lot harder to be a single mother than to co-parent. But again, we're already conditioned that that's how it's supposed to be. So we just prepared ourselves for bullshit that a lot of the times we don't have to do. Even if the relationship don't work out, like niggas don't have to be together to co-parent. But again, we're so conditioned to think that we're supposed to beef, that we're supposed to hate each other, that we're not supposed to be happy when one or the other moves on. Like, it's just fucked up. And it's because that's what we see. Monkey see, monkey do. Same thing with keeping kids from fucking family members. Like, who does that? Lots of bitches do that. Word. Why? Because it's influence. You got people telling you shit. Again, broken people. People who have been influenced negatively. Whether it's from the magic box or not. You know what I'm saying? And it's, oh, well, if you're not going to deal with him, you might as well not deal with the family. Oh, well, the only way you're going to be, you know, if you send him to his sister house, she's going to let him know he's there. And just all kinds of ignorant, dumb shit. And what is always the result? Torn families. This is where the ignorant part comes in. It's lack of knowledge. If you knew how important family was, if you understood how important, important and more than just physical and the genetic bond, the spiritual bond of fucking family, you would never tear family apart. And a lot of beliefs, especially in a lot of African-based spiritual beliefs, reincarnation only occurs, only occurs within the bloodline. That means family once someone in your family dies, they come back as a new member of the family, which means tearing family apart in the present is destining, is like guaranteeing tear, tears and rips and dysfunction in the future. Because if I'm kept away from you in this life, our souls, our, our physical love can't manifest. You know what I'm saying? There's this yearning spiritually for each other, this miss, this want. Those are low vibes. And if we never get to see each other again, when we part, who knows how that manifests in the next life when we reincarnate again, maybe as a closer physical family, like mother and son, where we can't be separated, what kind of dysfunction spiritually is that going to create for us? Because we were torn apart in another lifetime. I don't think people think about that. I think about stuff like that when I see struggles within family and it really does. It breaks my heart. And I want to share because I think it's worth talking about. I said the fucking influence of the present. What about the influence of the past? I only know what I learned, what I researched, and I take into consideration and believe what I've learned and researched from those who look like me when it comes to terms of slavery, because I'm sorry, certain things from the other perspectives when it comes to slavery just doesn't make sense to me. Like, that's another story. 
But from what I've read and learned and understand about my ancestors who made it to these lands via capture, as well as my ancestors who were already on this land, because we've already, we've always been here. And I said, black people have always been all around the world, colored people. When I say black, I don't just mean black, African-American. I mean fucking black, brown, fucking red, like, you know, the colors, people of colored descent, the earth zones. Um, but yeah, we've always been everywhere. Slavery isn't the only reason that we're on other fucking continents. And when I think about when slavery, you know, fucking happened and torment started happening and families were being ripped apart and women were seeing their men being castrated and their children were being sold off and separation forceful, forcefully was being placed on us. That shit, like how did that manifest when they died and reincarnated possibly into our generations or the generations before us? Maybe this is why it's so easy for us to walk away from our children, for us to not give a fuck, for us to put a nigga in front of our children or to walk away from our kids to live up under some bitch and her kids. Like maybe this is where the dysfunction is. Maybe this is why cousins don't like each other and fucking fight when they see each other in the street. Maybe this is why a sister could sleep with her fucking sister's man. Like, maybe the dysfunction is deeper than the surface. And if that's the case, when does it stop? And when are we going to realize that it even exists to begin to stop it? I pray that this episode is a stepping stone for anyone who hears it and it resonates to just even think about, even if you do come from a loving family like myself, like shit happens, things change. And when things happen and things change, the severity of it, I mean, I'm never gonna sit and tell someone how to feel about someone who violated them, especially someone who you share blood ties with. But I will ask you to ask yourself, how could someone who shares a blood tie with you even be able to hurt you like that if it's not on a spiritual level and a spiritual level of dysfunction? The purpose of that thought is to understand that family, that bloodlines, that genetics really, truly are a spiritual concept just as much as it's a physical concept. And because of that, I think it's an obligation and a form of a fucking, what, like a family curse in a sense. And we're obligated to acknowledge it and understand it and transmute that energy into a positive forward moving elevation of love and connection with ourselves, with our family, with our blood word. Cause on a deeper concept, this is a shared experience, a shared universe, a shared life. No man is an island. So we all in this together. If we were to heal the wounds between our blood, if everyone is connected, wouldn't eventually the whole fucking world be healed? Humanity at least.
Imagine how, what kind of frequency, because we, we're all magical beings. If you're into this episode, if you're a regular listener, you're either into magic, you fuck with magic, you are magic, you curious about it, you're afraid of it and want to learn more about it to fucking make a decision if it's good or bad. Like, if you know me, you know everything about me boils down to magic because magic is energy and everything is energy. Everything has a vibration. And if right now the vibration of this function through the bloodline, through family, through genetics is distorted, Maybe that explain why humanity is looking like it's losing its mind. Maybe if we start working on healing the dysfunction between our kids, between our husbands, our baby fathers, our baby mothers, our partners, our moms, our dads, not always saying, niggas say, y'all already know how I feel about forgive and forget. That's a tricky thing. This is not about forgiving. This is not about forgetting. This is about understanding, healing, and moving on healthy. See, there's a difference between shit. We got to learn the differences. We got to understand them. We got to feel the vibrations that they hold. Like, there are people that I don't fuck with, family included, that I probably never will fuck with on a level that I might fuck with my brothers and my sister and my sisters. I have another sister from my dad. I know I only mentioned my father's, I mean, my mom's kids. Those are the ones I was raised with. But I do have a little sister from my father, um, from my father, and I adore her and I love her and I enjoy, you know, spending time with her. But her included, like, if I was, I forgot what I was saying, but if I was to not fuck with any one of them, or, I mean, or if I was to not fuck with a particular family member or any specific family member, the way I fuck with them, I fuck with all of them, hard body, as much as I can, whether it's, you know, physical destinations, geographical shit, keeping us together, time, work, like all of us are hustlers, you know what I mean? Or emotional distress, because realistically, when you're going through something, you're going through something, and that keeps people away. That's time to heal. But all that's to say the levels of how I might fuck with you is different. But love, like I started out in the beginning, I love my entire family. Even the ones that I don't get to see, the ones that I don't know. You know what I mean? That's why I love Facebook so much because it opened up such a channel to see so much of family that I never even knew that I had. I have cousins around my age that I have no memory of or don't, or never had the pleasure of meeting. And they have children that I've never, ever met before. And I just love them so much. Just being able to know that they exist, knowing that their names are in the world. You know what I mean? Like, that's me. I'm always going to try my best. And it's funny because even without trying, it's just naturally me. I'm always going to vibe high. I'm grateful for that. Word. And that's the bottom line of this episode, guys. And... To wrap it all up, when it comes to family, we have to vibe higher. Like and love are two different things. You ain't got to like somebody, but love and love has variations. Love has degrees, but you have to, I think it's important and I think it's necessary to find some level of love when it comes to family. Even if it's only the fucking littlest thing, the most superficial thing, fuck it. Find some kind of vibration of love to hang on to. And 
in a vibe higher with time. Will it mend or wound? I can't promise y'all that. I'm sorry. I can pray that and I will. I do. But I can't promise it. I'm a fucking professional optimist. Like my whole, first of all, my whole job is based on seeing things in the positive. Secondly, I chose that job because I'm a born optimist. Like I've always been the glasses half full kind of girl, like, or the mother. And I'm always ready for you to fill that bitch the fuck up. Like I'm always thirsty. And that's how you know I got spirits in me. But yeah, the takeaway of this, guys, is even when it comes to family, no matter what you've been through, self-love and gratitude, please, 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 please try to stand on that platform. Self-love, self-love, self-love. Love yourself enough to be grateful and open to a vibration. Now, don't put yourself in harm's way because, again, influence and ignorance has allowed some horrible things to happen within our bloodlines. Atrocities. No other word could explain it. Like, some people have demons and when they materialize and manifest and take over, the acts that they commit are fucking atrocious on every level. This is not about forgiveness. This is about family and understanding the importance of family, not the individual, but the connection and the bond and healing it. And when it's necessary, only deal with the spiritual aspect of it. Word. I send love and light to people I don't talk to all the time. I send love and light to people I don't like. Nigga said, love don't got shit to do with like. Two different things. I love everybody. Can't help that. Believe me, I've tried to help it. I can't. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> it's part of my charm. But that's what was on my mind this morning, guys. I wanted to share that. Give you guys something to think about while I'm sitting here getting high, working through my pain. I'm about to take a nice hot Epsom salt bath now that I'm comfortable bending down enough to get into the tub. And I'm going to do some healing on myself. Whew. Heal yourselves, guys. You're the only one who really can. I'm always here to try to help. Or as I heal myself, as I make myself great, as I master myself, as I love myself, as I appreciate myself, as I expand myself, I'm always going to try my best to put myself out there to be an example to be a fucking learning lesson, to be a guide. Or because everybody's journey is their own, but nobody's got to be fucking lonely. And I'm chat catty, so I'm always here to, you know, talk to you while you're walking. Much love, guys. Much ashe. I really, truly hope this resonates. I really do. Enjoy your Wednesday, guys. Later.